Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the, uh, for the opportunity we have to be a part of your, a part of your family. Uh, Father, to, we we see from the from the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus that that you were were working, Father, to get us to a place where we could have a relationship with you, and we thank you for that, Father. We ask your blessings upon us as we study from here from the Old Testament out of the Book of Leviticus that we might see the connection to your Son and connection to that that uh, desire for you for us to have a relationship with you here as well. We thank you, Father, that it that it began. Uh, even when you told told Abraham uh, that he was going to be blessed, and through his seed, all nations would be blessed. Here we are, Father. We are blessed because of you, not because of us. And we cannot say thank you enough. Bless our audience. Bless us as we present this these texts. Help them to understand. Give them the the an understanding, Father, that will help them to uh, to be in a relationship with you as well. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Dan, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert i'm not perfect. yeah so uh last week we you know we we got into leviticus chapter 10 we talked about nadab and abihu we talked about the severity of what it was they done they did mm -hmm. they brought sin into the presence of lord which Absolutely. is why they were immediately vaporized because and, you, and, the, and the whole they just stood through the whole experience yeah. of god re-establishing the relationship mm -hmm. and re-establishing the covenant and and when he when that fire came out of that presence of God and consumed that fat portion of that burnt offering in front of the people, it says they they all fell down. They yeah. fell. They'd have an abihu were there. Yep. And then for them to go into the sanctuary, into that holy place, and try to offer to God to walk in the presence of God with sin on them. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And and understand, like they had to walk through multiple layers of the tent it wasn't like they just like stumbled no in. no they had to go through well, one door when you read what we're going to talk about now maybe they did stumble in well yeah well they maybe yeah, that's they, part of the problem they they aimed in the direction so yeah so uh last week when we talked about this i i thought this passage was in 16 i thought it was farther out it's not it's right here yeah um and so like i said it's it insinuates it doesn't it doesn't explicitly say that they were drunk but the insinuation yeah. is that they were now drunk. right before it you know he's told aaron yeah. He's told Aaron, Moses told Aaron, don't mourn. Yeah, you can't mourn, right? And this is that concept. Because you still have the oil on you. You're still, you're still serving as that priest. Yeah. So you've got to be God to the people. And God's judgment here on I think sin that's a good point. is very you legitimate. Know, because, because at that point, that priest is the representation of God to the people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what he is. That's what Jesus is. Yeah. 
Jesus in all of his glory and all of his deity, he is the exact representation of the Father to us. That's right. That's what he said. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. Because as the high priest, that's what their role was. Yeah. That's why it was so important what they were doing. That's why he tells the book of Hebrews spent so much time dealing with Jesus as a high priest, not like Aaron, different. Uh, and in an order higher than Aaron. In an order higher than Aaron. So, yeah, right. And, and one that's been appointed, yeah. not because he has he has a right to it because of a seed line, but because God just appointed so it. So if if you're well-versed in the scriptures, you know that Jesus serves in the in Melchizedek's order of priesthood. Yes. So at Melchizedek, we get introduced to him in Genesis 15. He was king of Salem. So that's Jerusalem, by the way, king of Jerusalem and priest of the most high God. So he is a royal priest. Yeah. Jesus serves in his pre in that priest in that vein, in like that vein. him. So you know, not like Aaron, who in, was not a royal priest. No, he no. was not royal. He was not a king. No, the Levites were not royal priests. No, Jesus is a royal priest. Melchizedek Which seems can make to be the first in that the, order. We, we alluded to that last week in First Peter chapter two verse nine. Says we are a royal priesthood. That's what Jesus can make us. Aaron could never make us that. Only right. Jesus could make us into a royal priest because he is serves as a high priest on the order of like Melchizedek. That's right. Who was a was a king and a priest. And and the Hebrew writer brings that up to point out that Christ's high priesthood is vastly superior to Aaron's because Absolutely. Abraham cut a tenth. Right. If you go back and read Genesis 15, he cut a tenth to. Uh, I keep saying Genesis 15. It's the end of Genesis 14, rather. Yeah. Um, cut a tenth to Melchizedek. So Abraham, who Levite is a descendant of, right, and gets a lesser priesthood, right, his father, his patriarch, cuts a tenth, his grandfather cuts a tenth to, uh, great-grandfather cuts a tenth to Melchizedek. Yeah. So, and that's uh, who, you know, that, that you see, you, and you, you know, I, I know guys, it gets confusing sometimes when we start talking about all this stuff, but this is what it's doing is it's showing us the, the vast superiority of the priesthood of Jesus over the priesthood of man. Absolutely. Saul is yeah. telling us. So this has happened. Aaron is serving in this capacity. Because he's serving as a high priest, he's God to the people. He is not allowed to mourn. Now, notice the Israelites and the rest of the community and the rest of the family are allowed to mourn. And yes, Aaron will mourn his sons once he is no longer serving. Once yes. he is no longer serving. Then he, can, then he can, but not while he's serving. But look at what it says. He said, in all of these things that Moses is saying, right? Uh, do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting or you will die because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did as Moses said, look at verse eight. Now this is where I was getting confused. I thought it was Leviticus 16, but look at verse eight. Then the Lord said to Aaron, this is not the Lord said to Moses and Moses said to Aaron, this is God speaking directly to Aaron. God, it doesn't. God, God went past Moses. Past Moses. It doesn't happen often. No. It doesn't no. happen often. So then the Lord said to Aaron, you and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink when you go into the tent of meeting or you will die. I think Aaron just got an object lesson. This is a lasting ordinance for the generation to come. You know? So that, why? So that you can distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean. And so you can teach the Israelites all the decrees the Lord has given them through Moses. Because if you're drunk when you're serving in the tabernacle, you might just m stumble into the wrong room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be drunk serving in the tabernacle. That's what God is saying here. Yeah. Don't do it. It's a bad what idea. Is, what is the illusion? What is it alluding to? I mean, having a bayou. It sounds to me like the guys were drunk. They came in and they stumbled around trying to serve. 
maybe had good intentions, but they were drunk. So, and I don't want to make it really, really clear. What does the text say? The, de the text does not explicitly say Nab Nadab and Abihu. No, are it drunk. does not. It does it not just, explicitly say that. It just insinuates. It just insinuates. It's a very heavy insinuation. It is right here in Leviticus nine. It is right here after their big mistake. All of a sudden, now and the Lord. What happened to them because of it? They die. What does the Lord say? He comes in here. They are not to drink wine. They are not to drink fermented drink. Do not do this. So what is the Lord doing? The Lord is trying to prevent more people from getting drunk, his priests from getting drunk and stumbling into the most holy and being vaporized. Mm -hmm. He's trying to save people. What is God always trying to do? Save people. Did he want Nadab and Abihu to stumble drunk into his presence and get vaporized? No. No. No, he didn't. God didn't go from the most holy of holies, leave that spot and start vaporizing people. That's not what happened here. No. What happened was, Nabedab and Abihu, likely drunk, stumbled into his presence. And what happens when sin enters into the presence it's of God? Evap it's evaporated. Gone. Evaporated. Can't, can't. Gone. It says a pure God cannot abide in sin. Can't abide. So he has to eliminate the sin. The sin gets destroyed. When the sin is attached to people, the people get destroyed. And what we're going to see when we combine that thought, because think about it for a second. What has already happened? There's already been a sin offering, mm -hmm. right? Yep. There's already been an, a sin offering. There's already been blood offered on the atonement cover. There's already been all those things. So now we need to start thinking because the Hebrew writer says something. The Hebrew writer says the blood of bulls and goats was never able to take away sin. Yeah. So what's going on here? We're starting to see something. There is something more that needs to happen. This law leads us to Jesus. Paul says that. Paul yep. says the law yep. leads us to Jesus. It's like a yep. tutor it's that like led us to teacher. Christ. Yep. Okay, so let's think about what are we being taught here? Nadab and Abihu get drunk, enter into the presence of God. There's already been a sin offering. There's still sin. The high priest, let's look at Leviticus 16 because the high priest is going to have to do something. I've already alluded it to it last. I talked about it a little bit last episode. The high priest is going to have to do something when he enters into the presence of God and it includes incense. Mm -hmm. So what were Nadab and Abihu trying to do with this incense? It was the wrong incense. They grabbed the wrong incense because they're probably drunk, grabbing the wrong incense, burning that up. But they do need incense. Mm -hmm. So they tried, to, they tried to do the right thing. Wrong people, wrong time, wrong state of mind. All of those things are wrong. But what is it teaching us about sin? Is sin really gone through these offerings? Let's look at Leviticus 16 and see. Okay. Okay. So Leviticus 16, the Lord's gonna kind of talk about this Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement was a really big festival. That's that that we kind of get that in Leviticus 9, right? Leviticus 8, Leviticus 9 is, is really about a practice of this day, okay? Um, when the high priest can enter in to the most holy of holies, right? Because it's, it's on the Day of Atonement that that occurs. So the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. So we're picking up, again, a lot of what we see from Leviticus 10 to Leviticus 16 is cleanliness laws, right? Mm -hmm. How do we approach the Lord? That's the question on mine. We have to approach with blood and we have to approach in a state of ritual cleanliness, right? Leviticus 16 is the turning point that now we'll talk about how do we remain in the presence. Like once we enter into the presence, how do we remain in the presence? But Leviticus 16 is that turning point. So look at what happens. Leviticus 16 verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover of the ark or else he will die. 
for I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. And everyone goes, wait a minute. He's just telling him this now? Like, hold, stand by. Maybe that would have been a good thing to know before Aaron and his sons died. This is the second time he's telling them. Yeah. This is the second time he's telling them. Go look at Exodus 30 real quick. Let's jump over to Exodus 30 real, real quick. All right. Look at Exodus 30. Okay. Let me read through this whole thing here. 30 verse 1. Make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense. It is to be square, a cubit long, and a cubit wide, and two cubits high. Its horns of one piece with it. Overlay the top and all the sides of the horns with pure gold, and make a gold molding around it. Make two gold rings for the altar below the molding, two on each side of the opposite sides, to hold the poles used to carry it. What are we building here? This is the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, it's exactly what he's building. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the altar in front of the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law before the atonement cover. That is over the tablets of the Covenant Law where I will meet with you. This is in the Most Holy of Holies. This is the Ark of the Covenant mm -hmm. that sits in the Most mm -hmm. Holy of Holies. That's what we're talking about. Look at verse 7. Aaron, not Aaron's sons, not some yahoos are drinking, yeah. not yeah. whoever wants to walk in, not... You know, anybody who feels like it on a Wednesday, Aaron, verse 7, Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offering or grain offering. And do not pour a drink offering on it. Look at what he says. Once a year, Aaron... Not Aaron's sons, not Moses, not Saul. Ooh, what does Saul do? Yeah. yeah think about what Saul does, right, later what on. Is, what is uh, Hezekiah's great-grandfather does, too, Uzziah. And he, and, he gets, and he gets full of leprosy because he tries to go in there and Aaron, offer sacrifices. Aaron, who is the high priest, once a year, Aaron, the high priest, shall make atonement on its horns. This annual atonement must be made with blood, the blood of the atoning sin offering, for the generations to come. It is most holy to the Lord. They've already told. They've already been told. They've already been told. They've already been told. Next is chapter 30. Yeah. Nadab and Abihu, were, they were all aware. They were all told. But what happens when you're drinking? Why? <laughs> why? Look, I'm yeah. just saying, it's the it fits. It fits. The warning is right there in the same chapter. It's right after this happened. The Lord's like, uh, we better implement a new command here. Don't be drinking in here. Yeah. Don't be drinking in here. That implies that it was okay to drink before that, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? What What does it say for us? What do you mean? What does it say for I us? I mean, what do, what do you? What is this whole drinking thing? And and you know, for us as Christians, not for the world, but for us well, as I think, Christians. I think Paul's commands in Ephesians to remain sober mind, to be filled with the Spirit, and remain sober have new implications. I think you're right. I, I mean, I, I you can't read through what's going on here in Leviticus. And know what Paul talks about in Ephesians, where he's talking about, he's talking to the church, especially in that part of the chapter. He's talking to the church about because of what Jesus has done. That's that's Ephesians 1 and 2, and 3 is kind of a transition point. So because of what Jesus has done, live your lives in a manner that is worthy. And that's what Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, and Ephesians 6 are about. It's about what, as a church, what do we focus on, right? And so I think it has new implications. Why do we remain sober-minded? Why did Nadab and Abihu, why did they need to be sober in this instance? 
Because when we start getting confused, we start getting clouded of mind, it's really easy to go right back into the sin we all came out of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not the expectation for Christians. The expectations for expectation for Christians is to be sober, to use sound judgment, to bring glory and honor to God. And, if, and in Ephesians chapter 4, where, with this passage that we're talking about, right? What does it say? Be filled with the Spirit doing what? Don't be drunk. Be filled yeah. with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you turning over there? Or? No, I was going back to chapter 10. So let's look at Ephesians I, 4 real quick. Let's look at that. Well, but, Go ahead. But because of chapter 10, it says it says that we are supposed to that we are supposed to to always prove God holy and always uh, honor Him in the sight of the people. That's very difficult to do when you are not have clarity of mind. Yeah, impossible to do when you. Now, where are we going? Ephesians 4? Yes. Ah, sorry. It's Ephesians 5. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Ephesians 5. Again, shocker, I am not perfect. <laughs> Ephesians 5. Sorry, not Ephesians 4, right? Uh, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most. This is Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20. Mm -hmm. Be very careful then as you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine. Why? Because it leads to debauchery. It leads to foolishness. It leads to sin. Yes. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not befitting for a priest? Absolutely. Is that not befitting for, for one who is a priest out in the world, who carries God within them, the Spirit of God within and them? To as be, and to realize that our responsibility is to is to declare the holiness of God and to, and to, to bring honor to Him. It's very difficult to bring honor to someone when you're not in your right mindset. It's very, very cool. difficult to bring honor to God when all you're doing in your life is playing church on Sunday morning from 10 to 11 or 11 to 12 or whatever your time frame is. You know, it's very difficult to to call yourself a priest like God does and says we are a we are a nation of priests is what he says in in Revelation chapter 5 he says that. Yeah. He says it again in 1 Peter chapter chapter 2 that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know that you know we are a priesthood. That's what he made us. We're not a high priest, but we're a priesthood. And this was this was a charge to Aaron, but it was a charge to the priesthood. That's why it's so demoralizing to them when when they when they uh, when God turns on them because their priesthood lets them down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and it just uh, you know it's why when the northern kingdom splits, when Jeroboam takes the, the northern kingdom and splits with them, right? You know, and they they go create two golden calves, they they erect them in two different cities. They got no priest. They can't do what God called them to do because they've separated from God. How can you, when when a congregation separates itself and splits itself and and has has a con a, a difference of opinion and and anger and rage splits it, how in the world can they worship? Well, what do you think the enemy's doing all the time? Oh, yeah. Je Jesus literally said it in the Last Supper, right? John thirteen thirty four and thirty five. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. How did yeah. he love us? He gave himself up for us, right? Yeah. And it's by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He didn't say it's by your doctrine. No. He didn't say it's by your tradition. He didn't say it's by your teaching. He didn't say yep. any of those things. He says, mm -hmm. by your love, mm -hmm. one for another. And then what does the enemy do? 
The enemy works as hard as he can to split congregations, to split the church, to fracture us, to do everything. Why? Because then the world looks at us and goes, yeah, y'all preach love and tolerance, but <laughs> you don't no, even just, love each other. No, just like us. <laughs> you ain't just no like different. us. We're supposed yeah. to be different. It says, it says in Romans, we've looked at this before. It says in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 12 that we're supposed to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. That's right. This is our spiritual act of worship. Okay. You know, they were trying to worship. Nadab and Abihu were trying to worship by bringing fire in. The problem is they brought the wrong fire, the wrong time, the wrong people, and they were drunk. With the wrong mindset. And they were wrong. And they were drunk. Yeah. You know? And and so when we when we try to come to church and do the things that we do, or go in the world and do the things that we do, and nobody can tell the difference between us and, and some knucklehead on the street, then how is that okay. a, a spiritual act of worship? It's not. How can it be? You know, I mean, we, you may, your impact may not change anybody's life, but it cannot, it cannot, God says it cannot take them away from him. Well, you know, and people look at Romans 12 and it mm -hmm. says it's our spiritual, it's our spiritual act of worship. And think about it. When you decide that all, the only time you worship is Sunday morning, when you make that decision, because all the rest of the week, you're acting a fool. You're acting like the world. There's no difference between you and the world. Yeah. Are you actually worshiping when you come on Sunday? I'm sorry. But if your if you're walk before God, if that if that is not there during the week, it ain't fixing it when you come on Sunday morning. It ain't fixing it. No. It's not all of a sudden made better and made okay when yeah. you're going out acting like the world just because you showed up on a Sunday or just because you showed up on Wednesday or just because you show up and the doors are open. When the doors are open, I'm there. But, you know, the rest of the time, that's my time. That's me time. I'm going to do whatever I want. Well, you're not you're not serving as a priest. You know, I see signs I, it, at uh, where I worked as a youth minister for a bit at uh, Main Street Church of Christ in Sudan, Texas, above out right the door on the doors leading out of their fellowship hall. They have a, have, a, have a sign that says you are now entering your mission field. Wow. And that's the attitude we ought to have. I've told my wife a hundred times, I want to get that sign and put it in front of our front door because it's yeah. so dang true. Mm -hmm. We forget, you know, we think, oh, our missionary is, is Freddy Perez and he's down in Guerrero, Mexico, you know, and he's serving down there. That's, that's a mission field. Wrong, wrong. Where you I mean, are at. You know, if, if that was not the attitude that you had, if that was not the attitude that we try to promote, when we have something like trunk or treat and we have people parking all the way up almost to the, to the old mall parking lot. That's right. Trying to get in here, try to get here. If that's not the attitude you have, then you've missed a tremendous opportunity to, uh, uh, to show people a, a risen, living, loving Christ. You've missed the opportunity. You've missed the mission field. There's a reason we don't charge. Absolutely. There's a reason we don't charge. Absolutely. What, what are we doing here? We're interested in serving this community. We're interested. Look, Halloween. I've, I've had I've had Christians tell me, you know, oh, oh, Halloween is a, is a pagan holiday. Okay, you're right. It is. You're absolutely right. With so the, was if you Christmas. Look at, if you look at All Hallows Eve and you look at the, the history behind all that, you know, yeah, there's some bad stuff there. I, I don't disagree. But our community is going to practice it whether we like it or not. I would like to give a safe wholesome place for people who are going to do this one way or the other. I'd like to give them a safe, wholesome place where they can come do it with their family and they do it on us. 
And and what is and it? And do it on our dime. And yep. Do it on our dime. Yeah. And you know, and there is no debauchery. There is no drink. There was none of that that no. foolishness. No. It was a wholesome family pl place where you could bring your kids and let them run around and for them to be safe. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. That's what we're doing. That's why we do that. We don't do it on Halloween night. We do it on a Wednesday night. Way before, not way before, but the Wednesday before Halloween, we get here, we show up, and we get food, and we do all this, and we do it to serve our community. We do it to love our community. We do it to be a blessing to them. Yeah. God has blessed us, and we want to be a blessing to them, because that's what priests are supposed to do. Yes. Because of Romans chapter 12, and all of Hebrews tells us that, you know, we're spot not supposed to avoid the the get, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, we're supposed to gather together because we're a nation of priests. We should want to be together. We should long to be together. And for someone, you know, people that, that don't even, that don't bother even show up or, or do anything, you know, they just kind of, they just kind of float in, float out. You know, that's not being a disciple. That's not being a priest. That's not being the a person who is, who is focused on becoming everything they can be to to for the mission field that, that God has sent us into. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Hebrews, he, Hebrews talks about it all through the book of Hebrews, talks about, uh, you know, uh, how important it is, the sacrifice that Christ is going to do for us. The, 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 you know, when you look at this over here and you look at this day of atonement, Jesus was our atonement. He is our atoning sacrifice, what it says. Well, let's look at that real quick, because I brought that up at the beginning of the... Of the remember, okay. I brought that up. I said, yeah. look, mm -hmm. the, it's supposed to be a tutor. It's supposed to be leading us. Nadab and Abihu, even though the sin offering was offered, enter in the presence of God and got vaporized. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So you just said, Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. The law was teaching us something, even through Nadab and Abihu. And look at Leviticus 16. So Aaron, this is the day that Aaron's supposed to enter. He's not supposed to come in whenever he chooses. It's, it's This is the day he's supposed to enter. This is how Aaron is to enter the most mm -hmm. holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He's to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are all the, the tools of the, mm -hmm. the high priestly office. These are sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. This is all to enter into the most holy place. Yes. All the things yep. supposed to do, right? Yep. Okay. So from the Israelite community is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering. I want you to keep track of all the things he's doing for sin here. He offers the bull for his sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he's to take the two goats, present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. Okay. So he's got a bull that he sacrificed for a sin offering. He's got a goat that he sacrificed for his sin offering. That, but the goat, but the goat chosen by lot. This is in Leviticus sixteen ten. But the goat chosen by lot as, as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. So he's offered a bull, he's killed it. He's offered a goat, he's killed, killed it. it. He's offered another goat, but it's taking the sin away from the camp. Mm -hmm. Okay, so three different things. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He's to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to, why? Why does he take the incense? Look at what it says in 13. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover before the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. What? I just offered a bull. I just offered a goat. I've taken another goat and sent it with the sin away from the cat, from the camp, and I still have to hide? Yeah. Yeah. That's how bad sin is. Jesus comes in and just offers his blood. I want to, and I want to, I, I was looking while you were reading that. Listen to this. Okay. Go ahead. Hold on. I want to, I want to read all of this. Okay. This for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And we see that the law was teaching us that. When Paul says in Galatians that the law was a, a tool, a schoolmaster, mm -hmm. a tutor meant to lead us to Christ. This is what he's talking about. Yeah. The sins that they were atoning for, that they were doing all this stuff, was just enough that God could dwell in their midst. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't what he wanted. What he wanted was to dwell in them. Yeah. And you needed Christ for that. It's realized through Christ because Christ went into the actual most holy place the tabernacle that is in heaven the yeah. real one the one where he walks into the presence of god and he offers his own blood he doesn't need incense to hide because no. he has no sin yeah he lived a perfect life he has no sin so he doesn't need to hide before god he can walk into the presence of god and say here's my blood it's on me yeah all the wrong things they ever did all the wrong things that they that they're still going to do all of those things it's all on me here's my blood and it's that and blood if, and if, that washes and, us clean. And, you know, I know we're running out of time, but if we if we don't accept that sacrifice, that payment, then what are you going to do to pay for your sin? What are you going to do? What 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 are you going to offer as payment? Yourself? You, I mean, that's that. You got, how, how are you going to offer yourself? It's not going to be good enough. Nadab and Abihu found found out. Aaron found out. Aaron was told a bull. A goat, another goat, and incense to cover up what. So you still got to hide. You still got to hide. hide. So there's nothing you're going to be able to give. You can't give enough money. You can't do enough stuff. You can't have enough trunk or treats. You can't. You can't preach enough, teach enough, say I'm sorry enough. It. It. That's why this doesn't have anything to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ. You've got to. The grace that God offers, and that's that's what it is, that grace. It's that choice that God says, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way. I'm going to do something here. You can't do it yourself. I'm going to do it. That's grace. God's decision to offer that I'm way back to draw you him. into me. That's why said, that's that grace. Said, Jesus said, if I draw him into me, you know. And we get that by faith. Yeah. We get it by faith. We get it by trusting in him, holding on to his promises, and leading a life that holds on to those promises that's that's what it means to walk by faith it's not about there's no evidence you you believe something that there is no evidence if you believe something without evidence you're a fool yeah you're a fool there is plenty of evidence that jesus was exactly who he said he was that through his sacrifice we can be connected to god there's plenty of evidence for that and if you're not aware of that get out from under the rock Stop listening to guys like Sam Harris and Neil deGrasse Tyson and all these other fools. Stop listening to them who don't understand faith if faith came up and slapped them upside the head. Yeah, yeah. You need to find some better resources. I listened to one of them the other day and I'm going, 
God, you cannot be this stupid. You probably shouldn't go to people who hate Christianity and hate the church. You probably shouldn't go to them and ask them what faith is. You probably need to start listening to somebody else. Faith is not about no evidence. Paul said that the resurrection of Christ was plenty of evidence that God is going to judge the living and the dead. Plenty of evidence. Go list, Go actually read the book of Acts and read some of Paul's and Peter's sermons. Yeah. They quote plenty yeah. of evidence. Guys, when we get through with the Leviticus, I want you to be able to go to Hebrews and start reading the book. Reading Hebrews. Just read it. Read it through. It's only 13 chapters. Read it through. And you're going to start to see and get a better understanding of Hebrews once you once we get through with this stuff from Leviticus. Once we once we teach it enough and we and you've got it enough, you'll be able to see Hebrews from a different perspective. Absolutely. Because it, it screams Leviticus. It screams Leviticus, the book of Hebrews. Everything there screams Leviticus. And I, imagine how frustrating it would have to be to know that you've done all of these things for sin, right? killed this thing and, and then you still have to hide from god yeah and jesus comes along and fixes think it. about mm. think about how much they they might know now about what if, if they know this because it says even angels long to long to look at these things they long to understand this it says in first peter chapter one i believe that that uh, that the prophets spoke long ago they they searched intently with the greatest care trying to find out the days and the times to point it to the grace that was that was being that was being talked about even angels long to look at them. We have something so special. Jesus died and presented his blood, and I don't have to hide from God. I can walk in, I can go in, says in, I can go in chapter 10 of Hebrews, says I can go in with confidence, boldly go in there and know that even though that I committed sin yesterday, go out and say, God, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I promise I'm going to strive to do better next time. And please help me to be an example and a shining light to the world around me. So, you know, awesome, guys. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this book. Thank you so much for how it points us to, to, the, to a loving, caring, uh, dying Savior. We thank you, Father, for a Savior who is alive, who resurrected and ascended and is seated, seated at your right hand. Father, we ask your blessings upon us in this church, that we might continue to be the examples that we need to be, that we might continue to see the world as our mission field, ripen to harvest. Help us, Father, to never forget that we have a responsibility and a job to do. And Father, help us to do it with a passion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.